Thank you, Pastor Tito. Hey, let's give it up for uh, Tito and also uh, Michael uh, Elizondo for leading us in worship this morning. Thank you, Michael. Where'd you go? Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that, man. Hey, well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Life Patterson. Those of you that may be, it may be your first time here. Uh, my name is Jeremy, and I'm the campus pastor for this location of New Life Christian Center, and it's so great to see you. So uh, this weekend, the calendar turned over from summer to fall. So welcome to the next eight weeks of pumpkin spice. You know, back in the 90s, you just got a couple of pumps in your coffee. Now you're bathing in it. It's in your gas and your motor oil and everything else. Enough of that, right? Okay, yeah, pumpkin spice for the next eight weeks. That's what we get to look at. Hey, uh, if you have been with us for six months or less, then we have a Newcomers Connect, a Newcomers Luncheon coming up next Sunday, immediately following the service around 1130. So we may have to hang out in here for a little bit uh, until all the kiddos get checked out. But it's going to be over in our multipurpose room where our kids meet on the weekend. So this is for anyone who's been attending our campus for six months or less. It's just a chance for us to get to know you and for you to, uh, to get to know us as well. We've had uh, several people already sign up for that. So if you want to just take out your phone, if you've been here six months or less and take a uh, picture, do we have, uh, yeah, just take a picture of that. And the, the link is actually on our social media pages. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, that's where you'll find the link. And I think you can even go to our uh, app too and find it on there. But if not, uh, come find one of us, come find either myself or Miss Anna, Pastor Tito, and we'll walk you through how to get signed up just right after uh, service is over. You'll see Miss Anna at the starting point. And speaking of starting point, um, if you are visiting with us, then we have a free gift for, uh, for you, okay? It's this mug. looks like this. Really cool. It's got our logo on it, that N. And so stop by there on your way out and just say, hey, it's my first time here. And uh, Miss Anna will allow you to get either that. Or do we have any more of the water bottles left, too? We have some of those? No? Uh, one left. We have one left. So if you're here and you want that one, then you can fight it out. We're going MMA style here for that last one. So that's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So, uh, yes, but as our gift to you uh, for, for being a guest here with us at New Life, and we just want to say thank you for being here. Also, if you're uh, looking around for a home church and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. Awesome. All right. Great. Uh, okay, I think that's all the announcements. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Pastor Tito, for mentioning, mentioning Maryland. Uh, for the first time ever, we're going to have an on-site counselor here because we know that a lot of people are fighting things and they need somebody to talk to. And sometimes uh, the, the, the counsel that we need goes beyond my purview and, and some of our staff. And so Miss Maryland has been on staff at New Life uh, Turlock for many, many years uh, she's a retired counselor, and she uh, has uh, come on staff with us a few years ago just to kind of help out. So she's part-time. And so I met with Pastor Brett and Pastor Dave and said, hey, what would it look like for Maryland to be able to come out to Patterson just one day a week? And they loved it. So I talked to Maryland. She's really excited uh, because uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of counselors here in Patterson. I don't know if there's any. Maybe, maybe someone knows of some. But anyway, so Miss Maryland's going to be here every Thursday from 9 to 12. If you want to book an appointment and talk with her, there's absolutely Absolutely no charge, and uh, she can meet with you uh, on Thursday mornings from nine to twelve. Call the church office and set up an appointment with her, and I know that she'll be uh, that she would love to talk with you. Okay, all right. Well, a couple of months ago, uh, Pastor Dave announced his stepping down as the lead pastor of New Life after thirty years of faithful ministry and leading God's people in the Turlock area and the Central Valley, and he's been doing that for a very long time—three decades. 
And uh, so Tuesday on the 27th is also uh, Pastor Dave's 60th birthday. And Tuesday is also his 30th anniversary. So 30 years ago, Pastor Dave started on a Sunday uh, and it was his birthday and it was also his first Sunday. And so this weekend we are honoring Pastor Dave, uh, not only with his birthday, but also uh, with being with New Life for 30 years. And so that's why the 30, just in case you were wondering, I I'm not trying to lie about my age or anything. All right. Yes, 30 years. And so uh, we've already had several people say, hey, how can I get one of those shirts? Well, again, it's MMA style. If you can take it off of me. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we do have a lot of people. It's like, hey, where can I get one of those shirts? So I know that the Turlock campus is, is asking those same questions. So maybe that's something uh, that we can do. But this morning they are honoring, like I said, both his birthday and his anniversary. And even though Pastor Dave isn't here this morning, I want to honor him as well. So this is a letter that Pastor Brett has written to Dave that he is actually reading right now uh, to Dave from us uh, as two campuses and also as a staff. And so I wanted to read it uh, this morning. Also, I wanted to mention that we have uh, not only here uh, at, at this campus that are, that um, have been watching us during COVID when we were doing everything on video, but we have a lot of people who are listening to us via a podcast. And so just in the last couple of weeks, I got an email and a phone call or a text message rather uh, from people who live in other states who are saying, hey, you know, I know uh, we're really far away, but just want to let you know that uh, thank you for putting the, the, the podcast on because we listen to your messages. And so I just thought that was pretty cool that we're actually impacting people across uh, the country here, just this campus, New Life Patterson is impacting people's lives all across the campus. So I just wanted to let you know that. So if you're listening this morning and you don't have a home church, then welcome home, right. Let's see, I changed it up a little bit there. But this is a letter that, uh, from uh, us as a church to Pastor Dave. 30 years, one church, how do we measure the legacy of one faithful life? Do we measure it in the passing of time, perhaps by counting the days on the calendar? If so, then we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the 10,957 days of faithful service on our behalf. What if we went one step further and chose to say thank you for the more than 947, 946 million seconds of your life that you chose to give away to each of us? They say the most valuable thing any person will give to another is their time. And on Tuesday, September 27th, 2022, you will have spent exactly half your life as our lead pastor. But does the passing of time really measure the legacy of one faithful life. Perhaps we can measure your 30-year legacy by remembering the thousands of lives in this community and beyond that have been impacted by your leadership of our church family. More specifically, we could share the many ways our lives are better because of you. Maybe we could recall a joy-filled wedding or a painful moment of loss that you guided us through with grace and wisdom and courage. Perhaps a better measure would be to remind ourselves of the late night or early morning phone calls, emails, and texts we sent asking if you could help us in our hour of crisis. Would that capture our gratitude and appreciation? Maybe. So how can we truly measure the legacy of one faithful life? Business gurus would tell us that the true measure of success is the metrics a, a leader creates. When you first came to New Life, we had 80 people. Today, we have thousands who call this church their home. When you started at New Life, we had one barely finished building, 12 acres of dusty farmland, and a vision to reach this community. Today, God has blessed us with seven buildings, 15 acres, two campuses, and a clear vision to love people one step closer to Jesus. 
While metrics are useful, they don't articulate the truth that you have always led us to focus on each individual person and never on the building. So if metrics also fall short, is there really a way to measure 30 years of service? What if we measured your legacy by what you taught us from God's word? Not simply our favorite one-liners from your message, and we have a few, but the good stuff, the day in and day out truth of loving God and loving each other, the truth that all of us have hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and the need of God's grace and the love of Jesus. How many Sundays we've left the parking lot encouraged by a hope-filled message that feels like you wrote it just for us, no one else, just me. If we could rewind the video camera of life and replay these moments one at a time, I don't know that we could truly capture the impact of your words. Perhaps the best way to, for us to measure the impact of your time with us would be by expressing how grateful we are that you have chosen to live every day with integrity, humility, and faithfulness. Integrity is the willingness to do the right thing, God's way in all things. While New Life and Dave Larson are deeply connected, you have always maintained a posture of humility that turns the focus onto God and not to you. Each one of the 10,957 days God has given you here are marked by faithful and sacrificial service. So how do we adequately say thank you for 30 years of faithful service? We tell you that you have touched our lives in ways no amount of words could ever capture. We are proud to call you our pastor and grateful to know you as our friend. We are humbled that the Lord has let, you, has let us share this journey together. We tell you that we love you and we say a deep, heartfelt thank you for your 30 years of faithful service. That goes to Pastor Dave this morning. Isn't that great? <clears throat> so one of the reasons why I wanted to read that out loud is because many of you don't know who Pastor Dave is, or maybe you only connect him with being the CEO uh, of New Life. But uh, to many of us who have been around for a while, we're deeply connected to Pastor Dave, and he's deeply connected to us. And I also know that I wanted people uh, who don't get a chance, maybe they work on Sundays, they don't get a chance to be here on, uh, every Sunday to know that we read that letter. And so they're listening to this, po this podcast right now and uh, could hear that letter as well. So as I speak, like I said, the Turlock campus is sharing pictures and videos and testimonials and stories from who have maybe started attending New Life recently, and from also those who have been attending New Life since Dave's very first Sunday. There are still several people who were there that first Sunday 30 years ago and still attending and serving God's people today. So lots of stories, with nearly every one of them beginning with, I remember when. Remember that one time, we say that a lot, don't we, around uh, uh, just in, in casual conversation. Remember that, that time back in high school, Remember when our kids were little? Remember that first song? Remember that, that, one, that, uh, that one movie? That one trip that we took? Remember that one job that I have? It's always starting with, I remember when. Remembering is a powerful thing. To recall what's gone on before. To think about the past or recollect the details or the memory of an event. Maybe your first kiss. Maybe your, uh, your first breakup. That first car, that last goodbye. Some remembers are great and other remembers are not so good. We want to bury some of those remembers under the rug, don't we? I've been a part of, of a collective laughter with friends and family as, they, uh, as we all remember a funny moment that we experienced together. Maybe remember when mom and dad did this or remember when crazy uncle Joe did that. But I've also been 
in nursing homes and assisted livings with family as they grieved because their loved one no longer could remember them. And that's heartbreaking. Remembering is actually how we navigate through life. Think about it. How do you know your way home after service? You remember. How did you know how to get here this morning? You remembered. When you're hungry, you go to the fridge or the pantry because you remember where they are. You know, you have muscle memory that shows you where those things are. Knowing and remembering often get us through our day. So as we wrap up this series today, I want us to continue wrestling with this question that we began processing through four weeks ago, which is this. How do we navigate that place between the amen and the answer? How do we trust that God really is working, especially when we can't see it? Now, we briefly touched on this a few weeks ago, but I really want to focus on it today because I believe one of the most powerful ways to trust God while we're in that waiting period between our amen and our answer is to really sit and remember, to remember how good God is, to remember all the times that he's brought you through situations, all those times that he's carried you through circumstances, all the times that he's provided for you when you had lack. All the times that he was faithful when we weren't. All of the times that he provided hope and peace when our lives were filled with turmoil and conflict. Because that middle space, the the waiting on God to move or the waiting on God to answer can be filled with lots of different emotions, can it? We get so torn on what to do next, which is why the second week of the series we talked about just taking the next right step. What's the next right step that we can take? And almost every time the next right step is simply to just trust Jesus, to pursue Jesus, and to pursue his ways. And listen, throughout this series, I hope that I never communicated that the in-between, between that amen and the answer, isn't just as special or tender as your initial prayer or even the answer. Never minimize the middle. Never try and circumvent the in-between. Because some of your greatest miracles can happen in that space, in that in-between, in the waiting. Some of your greatest growth, some of your greatest opportunities, some of your greatest stretching, as painful as it is, that sometimes we feel like we're such in a hurry to get out of. Sometimes that's where our greatest growth can happen. But yet God could be trying to clean some things up in our lives could be trying to do something in us or through us that's actually preparing us for what's coming next. (coughs) Excuse me. Janet and I knew in March of 2016, go back six years, Janet and I knew in March of 2016 that God was preparing us for transition. It was the same feeling that we had in 2005 before going to Colorado. It was the same feeling in 2008 when we went from Colorado to Wisconsin. And then again in 2012 when I transitioned from being a youth pastor into a campus pastor. And then in 2016, we began to sense the same feeling again. And I prayed as always, God, if this is you, like before, I'll go where you lead. There's a church in North Carolina that called us. They wanted us to come plant a, church, a campus in, in Raleigh. Another church in Virginia contacted us and wanted us to come be their senior pastor, their lead pastor. And then another church in Colorado called and they wanted us to plant a campus for them in, in uh, north of Denver. None of those felt right. 
We prayed about all three of those situations and just thing after thing happened, just the sense of, nope, this isn't God. And then in December of 2016, I get a phone call from Dave Larson from New Life in Turlock, California. That one felt right. And that's how we got here. That began, that began the transition that I felt in my spirit nine months before. My amen to the prayer of transition began in March, but the answer didn't come until the year was almost over. But in those nine months, God did some things in me, some things that needed shoring up and honing in in my life. Clarity about where I wasn't going, more confidence in who I am as a leader. There's some relational connections that needed to be mended in my life that I made sure that I paid attention to. So I'm saying this to say this, embrace the weight. Learn in the weight. Allow God to grow and develop and mold you in, during the in-between. It could be painful. You could be torn. God might be stretching you, but be alert to what he's trying to do on the inside of you. And I know sometimes, sometimes the, the, the in-between can be really confusing between the amen and our answer. It could be, it could be really confusing or even anything in our life that you feel like you're in this, this waiting period, this waiting cycle, this in-between. Let, let me just give you an example. I, this year I turned 50, back in, in February, I turned 50 years old. How many of you think that's really young? Okay. <laughs> How many of you think that's really old? Come on, be honest, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. Raise your hand if you think 50 is old. All right, thank you, Michael, yeah, for your honesty. You see, I'm torn. I don't know, should I feel young? Should I feel old? Some people think, consider me young. Some people consider me old because sometimes I wish I had my 20-year-old body, but not my 20-year-old behavior, right? Can I get an amen for that one for all of us, right? Or my 30-year-old mentality or my 35-year-old humility. And I look back and I, when, when, when I look forward, I think, man, there's parts of aging that I'm dreading as well because just 20 years ago, I was 30. But 20 years from now, I'll be 70, so I'm torn. I'm like, I don't know which way I want to go. <laughs> and that freaks me out a little bit. But the word remember means to recall, to mark, to set aside. And in the Bible, remembering is not just bringing something back to mind. It implies a change of behavior. So our lives will line up with what we are being reminded of. Remembering is not a passive attitude. It's a proactive activity which leads to trust. We're called to remember so that we can recalibrate our lives. I love that you used that word this morning, Michael. Recalibrate our lives according to what's being remembered. That's the biblical stance on remembering. Think about communion. It's remembering Jesus' sacrifice. It's something that gives us hope and a foundation for today and for tomorrow. The word remember is used over 200 times in scripture because let's face it, we tend to forget God's faithfulness in our current circumstance. Whatever we're going through in the moment, we tend to forget about God's goodness and about God's faithfulness because our short-term memory causes us to doubt God in his ways, in his plan. That's why God spends so much time in Scripture encouraging us to remember. So let me give you a couple of fill-ins this morning regarding the need to remember, okay? Uh, like Pastor Tito said uh, in the app, you can pull up the sermon notes there and take notes. Number one says this, I remember what God has done through the Bible. I remember what God has done through the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 says this, Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. 
Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. You see, the Israelites found themselves in this waiting period between their promise and the answer, just like we do between our amen and our answer. And they were really beginning to wonder when God was going to give them this promised land, but what God was doing was doing something in them during this 40-year wait. He was prepping them and getting them ready for what was to come. It was in the in-between that God was focusing on. Like we said, if we're not careful, we could miss what God's trying to do in our lives between the amen and the answer. We could miss that. You see, the Israelites were so focused on the future promise that they had to be reminded how good God has been to them in the past and what God was doing in their lives in the present. In Matthew 14, there's a miracle. Maybe if you grew up in church, you heard about it. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably heard about it. Jesus walking on the water. One of the greatest miracles ever recorded. And it happened between two other miracles. You see, Jesus had just fed thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. The disciples were back in the boat about to cross the other side of the lake where Jesus performed other miracles. So you've got two miracles right here as bookends. But then something happens in the middle. A storm comes up. Jesus comes walking on the water. Peter says, hey, if that's really you, bid me come. And Jesus says, come on. And so he goes out and then he takes his eyes off of it because he's looking at the waves and he starts to sing. And Jesus reached up and grabbed him. None of that would have happened had they not been paying attention. If the disciples were too focused on yesterday or too focused on tomorrow, they could have missed the miracle of the present. The in-between the miracle in the middle. They could have missed seeing the creator of that water walk on his creation. So listen, listen to these four, four words. I want you to just embed these four words into your spirit. Don't rush the process. Don't rush the, proce the, the process. Allow God to do something in you. Don't run from it. Allow God to work on you and in you in the middle, the in-between. Here's fill-in number two for the weekend. I remember God's faithfulness. I remember God's faithfulness. Joshua chapter four, four through seven says this. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will, will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us, they remind us, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty confident that everyone in this room can recall at least one or more times of God's faithfulness in your life. Even if you're here this morning and you are not a follower of Jesus, you haven't made that decision yet, you're still trying to figure out this whole God thing, you're still trying to figure out what this means to surrender and trust your life in Jesus and to call him your Lord and Savior, you have times in your life where God has been good to you. You have times in your life that God's been faithful to you. Listen, if you woke up breathing this morning, 
If you're allowed to take a breath, if you had covers on you last night, you slept in a bed with a roof over your head, if your home is at a comfortable temperature, if you have food or coffee in your belly this morning, if you were able to drive here this morning and you have a job to go to tomorrow morning, God has been good to you. God has been faithful to you because he is your provider. If you can look back at times in your life where you shouldn't be alive, times in your life where you should be dead or, and God spared your life and protected you or times that you should have been fired from your job or evicted from your home or divorced from your spouse or homeless or unemployed or blacklisted relationally from your family, then you can remember God's faithfulness. Sometimes all we can do between the amen and the answer is to remember how good God has been to us, to remember his faithfulness and then to thank him for that. There's two specific places in scripture that talk about the inheritance that we as believers get one day when we go from this life to the next. And it talks about remembering God's goodness, remembering God's faithfulness, and to keep our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 21 through 24 says this, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, yet I still dare <laughs> to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends his mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is, on my, is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. What a great declaration to wake up and declare every day. And then Colossians, the apostle Paul says this to the Colossian people in chapter three, work willingly at whatever you do. We've read this several times. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. If you hate your job, remember who you're serving. And remember, as you honor your boss, you are honoring the Lord because that's who you're really working for anyway. Isn't that encouraging? That while we're still in this in-between stage of birth and death, that we can remember and think about our future reward in the life after this one that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is now. And as amazing as that's going to be one day, maybe sooner than later, don't miss the middle. Don't miss the miracle that God might be trying to do in your life right now. If God is interceding in your life, if God is even messing with you, if he's stretching you and it's painful, that's a miracle. We should thank God that he cares enough for us to dive into our lives and to want to grow us. God is doing something in our lives while we wait. So I just wanted to close by talk, talking about this just for a few minutes, that over the last four weeks, we've talked about a lot of things in this series. So we brought our prayer. We brought our petition to the Lord. We've said amen we have faith that he's going to answer and we're trying to accept the fact that it might not be our answer. It might not be our preferred answer. And sometimes the answer is no. And God is saying, what I'm doing to you to prepare you for the no, I'm getting you ready. I'm doing something in your life. I'm doing something in you and through you. But while we wait, 
while we're in this in between, this in between, we're going to follow Jesus and his ways. We're going to remember God's faithfulness. We're going to remember God's goodness. We're not going to stay too focused on the past. We're not going to stay too focused on the future to the point where it distracts us from what God is doing in the moment, in the present. We're going to keep our hope. We're going to keep our faith in Jesus. Now, over the last month, I've had multiple conversations with people in this room specifically. And I just wanted to close by talking about this. I know that right now, even this morning, we come, we come on Sundays and we put that smile on to the best of our ability, but there's a lot of people going through some heavy stuff in here. I know because you brought those to me. We've prayed together, we've cried together. And I know there's a lot of things in this room that are really heavy, but you know what is even heavier in this room is the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear this morning that 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he on the inside of you than he that's in the world. That, that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you may face, no matter what situation or circumstance that you're going through right now, it's heavy and it's hard, but I'm telling you that the power of the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of you is more powerful and greater than that circumstance. And I feel like God really wanted me to share that with you this morning. I know that waiting on our prayer to be answered is tough. I know that that middle can be super uncomfortable. I know the in-between can be frustrating. It can cause fear. It can cause worry. It can cause anxiety. But until your prayer is answered, do this. Focus less on you and more on Jesus. Focus less on you and more on Jesus. And then watch what happens. Allow him to turn your hurt into healing. Allow him to turn your concern into confidence, your fear into faith. Allow him to turn your wounds into wholeness. And I just want to close with this. Whatever trauma... I heard a pastor say this. It was so good, and I know that, I know that God wants me to share, share this with you this morning. Whatever trauma you brought with you this morning, most of the trauma that we experience are not caused by us. Most of it is caused by someone else in our life. Physical trauma, emotional trauma, mental trauma, spiritual trauma. Some people have been deeply hurt by church, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. Some of it is relational trauma. A family member, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a boss, an employee. Whatever trauma that you brought in with you this morning, remember, even though you did not cause that in your life, it is still our responsibility to pursue God for the healing of that trauma. Because the person in your life that caused you, they're not going to find healing for you, especially in their direction of taking you to God, right? They're not going to help you pursue that. It's up to us. So whatever trauma, whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance, whatever situation that you're going through this morning, remember, it is your responsibility to pursue God for healing. Pray, read scripture, connect with other believers, 
Find people of like-minded faith and say, will you pray with me? Will you encourage me? Let's set up some sort of uh, connecting uh, throughout the week where we can always stay connected with one another and just encourage one another. We all need that. I hear people all the time say, you know what, Pastor Jeremy? I don't, I don't have to come to church to be a Christian. 100% right. You don't. But I think of it like this. I think of like a, if you take a dozen eggs and you put them, you put them in the refrigerator and you take one of those eggs out and you leave it outside in the heat, it's still an egg. It's not going to be very good. A week goes by, two weeks go by, six months go by, still an egg. But it lost fellowship with the ones who are staying nice and cool together. That's why I say, no, you, you don't have to come to church on the weekends to be a Christian, 100% true. But why would you want to disconnect with your fellow believers to get together for one hour a week and worship God together to encourage one another in this, this hard journey of faith. So I just wanted to close with that and just let you know that God sees you. You're not hiding anything from him. He knows what you're going through in your life. And he's saying, come to me and I can make your burdens light. Let's close in prayer. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this series. Lord, in my, in my 17 years of being a pastor, I've seen so many people give up in that in-between. Between the prayer, between the amen and the answer. I've seen so many people just abandon the faith, walk away from you, give up on their marriages, give up on their children, give up on whatever they're praying for. Lord, and I know that this has been a great series for us to process through and know that you're working on us and through us and in us in the wait. That after the amen, we can pursue you in your ways. That after the amen, that we can just remember how good you've been to us, your faithfulness and your goodness. Lord, we recognize today that you are indeed the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Lord, that everything that comes in our life, Lord, is something that's already been filtered through your hand. And you know that we can overcome it if we stay connected to you. Love, I, Lord, I, I love that so many times we may let go of your hand, but you never let go of us. We may let go and try to run away. <laughs> Father, you're just right there holding on to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your tender mercy and your forgiveness. Thank you for relationship. We love you. We trust you. We surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here this weekend. Next Sunday, we start our brand new series called Guardrails. And so for the next eight weeks, we're going to dissect the Ten Commandments and how they still apply to our lives, okay? A little different than what you may think, but it's going to be interesting. Also, don't, don't um, uh, forget about all the announcements we made about the, the women's breakfast, the, um, the newcomer's luncheon that's happening next Sunday. Don't forget to sign up for that. Also, if you came prepared to give this morning, we want to say thank you uh, for doing that. We know last week we set out a challenge to everybody to take the week and connect between you and God or maybe your spouse and see how God is prompting all of us to respond in this season uh, with our resources. So thank you. Those of you who have been praying, uh, there's four different ways you can give back here at New Life. You can do that through our app, which is the most popular way and the easiest. 
see us. That's how uh, Miss Janet and I give. You can do it through the website, mail that in, or you can give at our giving boxes that we have located at our exits. We want to say we love you guys. I love what God is doing in us and through us here at New Life. We can't wait to see you back next Sunday, 10 a.m. Have a great week.